بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين سيدنا ونبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم أجمعين توبة استغفر الله توبة استغفر الله توبة استغفر الله العظيم الرحيم الكريم الذي لا إله إلا هو الحي القيوم وأتوب إليه السلام عليكم um, I pray that everyone who listens to this صحبت this discourse is blessed and experiencing happiness and stability at this moment in time. I pray that all of your families are immersed in well-being and in prosperity and in success. And I pray that the content of this discourse brings benefit to all of us, to all of our lives, by his mercy and by his kindness, inshallah. Before we begin, um, let's start by reflecting upon our spiritual condition at this moment in time. In a moment, can you please pause the recording and do a quick inner scan? What do I mean by an inner scan? How do you feel? Is there any tension within you? Uh, are you concerned? Are you worried? Are you angry? Is there anything on your mind? Are there any overriding emotions within? And if so, I would like you to endeavor to release them, to let go of them and take control over your inner world. And remember that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah Almighty, is creating every moment, every experience, every challenge that you're facing for a purpose and for a reason. We do this because if the heart is still and if the heart is at ease, then the words of the discourse, the words of the sahbat will be of much greater benefit. So please pause the recording and do a quick inner scan. Okay. Inshallah, that was of benefit. Now, today we plan to discuss the transformative power of the most significant spiritual practice in the Islamic tradition, which is the ritual prayer. Now, from the outset, uh, we must understand that our path is deeply pragmatic. Our path is neither a social club, nor is it a pastime, but rather it is the most potent, the most perfect technology of human transformation. Rather than being just an organization to be part of, or an identity to assume. Our path is an approach to life, an approach to existence, and those who traverse the path with sincerity are looking to transform themselves, to become all that they can be, and to see the mesmerizing majesty of every moment, the handiwork of the divine Allah Almighty, and they are seeking to become spellbound by the beauty of each moment that they experience. Perhaps their interest in the path began as a program of introspection, as a result of being painfully hurt, or maybe as a result of painfully hurting someone else, or maybe because everything in their life collapsed and they realized the futility of worldly pursuits, or maybe because they needed respite from the chattering brutality of the nafs, the ego, uh, the desires. I say this because... Our intention when approaching the ritual prayer, which is called Salah in Arabic, Namaz in Turkish and Urdu, and Salah in Bahasa Malayu, is to be transformed. The ritual prayer should not be limited to an empty ritual. It should not be an empty act that we participate in, the only purpose of which is to fulfill it or to get it done. Rather, the ritual prayer has been made obligatory upon us in order to help us fulfill our purpose on the face of the earth, which is awakening, which is intimate knowledge of the Almighty, which is ma'arifa or ihsan. Now, there is an unseen foundation that dictates the nature of your experiences on earth. 
your experience of existence is entirely dependent upon the prism through which you perceive the universe. If you are suffering from fear or from anxiety or from depression or stress or resentment or guilt or any other toxic emotion, this is caused by the prism through which you interpret the events in your life. The framework through which you experience the universe is what causes us pain. Hence, that pain is real, that pain is legitimate, and it's a natural consequence of our understanding of our existence. In order to avoid that pain, we engage in all sorts of behaviours, might be battling against the world or struggling and striving to organise the entire universe in the manner we want it to be. And we do those things in order to prevent pain. Sometimes we completely switch off Um, permitting our hearts to die so as to no longer experience the difficulty and hardship which accompanies our existence. And sometimes in extreme circumstances, we we medicate by means of negative behaviour patterns or habits which temporarily reduce the agony, but eventually lead us into even greater hardship. And after these experiences, eventually we come to understand that it's only by means of transforming that prism that window through which we perceive the universe, that we can attain inner serenity and peace, which is in fact our birthright and our natural disposition. Humanity was created upon fitra, which is an Arabic word meaning an innate primordial knowledge of Allah Almighty and the beauty of his creation and his majesty. Our task on this path is to clean the smudges that have appeared on our window which obstruct our capacity to see the universe as it truly is. And the truth is that it is perfectly designed according to the wisdom of the one. Now our path is a way of purification. It's a way of incrementally shifting the manner in which we understand our lives so that we can witness the beauty of the moment and the purpose of Allah Almighty in creating it. Our path is a path of overwhelming gratitude for the uncountable blessings that define our existence and a path of serving humanity and the universe at large as an expression of our delight at being alive. So, according to that understanding, the ritual prayer is the vehicle we use to amend the way that we process our experiences. The ritual prayer is a matter of inner transformation and changing the way that we understand our existence. Now, we may have heard multiple tales and multiple stories of the great saints of the past and their feats of prayer, including the narration which is often attributed to Imam Jafar al-Sadiq, may Allah be well pleased with him, which recalls the panic of the Imam's students when part of the mosque in which the Imam was praying collapsed in the midst of his prayers. And his students rushed into the mosque, um, petrified as to what had happened to their teacher, Um, But they found not only that he had survived, but that he was still standing in prayer, oblivious to what had happened around him, obviously so deep in connection with the divine that even a falling building could not distract him. Or we've also heard stories of those who were injured in battle and um, for whom the physician would wait to enter prayer before removing a lodged arrow due to the fact that they could not experience pain when in the company of the beloved. Now, this is the depth of connection that the great ones could establish in the prayer, the extent to which they could transcend the distractions of the lower realm and enter into the divine presence. This is the type of prayer that we want to emulate, which acts as a a purifying agent, 
gradually cleansing the mirror that is our heart until we are able to see the universe as it truly is. Now the Blessed Messenger Muhammad, may the peace and blessings of Allah be upon him himself, made numerous statements about the significance and potency of the ritual prayer. But one of my favourites is a lesser known narration in which the Blessed Messenger Muhammad, may the peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, is reported to have said, it is written in the Torah, O son of man, if you empty yourself for my worship, I will fill your heart with richness and I will not abandon you. If you empty yourself for my worship, I will fill your heart with richness and I will not abandon you. And it will be upon me to close the door to poverty and to fill your heart with awe of me. And if you do not empty yourself for my worship, I will fill your heart with preoccupation of this world. Hence, according to this understanding, the ritual prayer is the means by which we empty our minds of inaccurate concepts. And it is by entering into the divine presence in a fully embodied manner with every limb, our entire physical form, that we are able to recall the true nature of our existence and liberate ourselves from the oppression of our desires and our whims. Now, these five daily prayers, the five ritual prayers, are like tent pegs which hold down the nafs and that nafs is fluttering in the storm, desperately trying to escape in order to cause some mischief and some pain. When the ritual prayer is performed consciously, it acts like a life buoy in the sea, protecting you from drowning in a universe of anxiety and fear. Hence, the ritual prayer is the greatest form of therapy, engaging the entire body in a healing process of acceptance, surrender and trust, which are the foundation or the, the bedrock of our path. The lower self is desperate to drag us back to inaccurate perception, back to a need to exert control over the world and have things unfold exactly as we desire. And that's natural, that's normal, that's understandable, but the ritual prayer holds the key to transcendence, to elevation and to change in the manner in which we experience the events which make up our life. So how do we go about performing the prayer? Now, first and foremost, we must be conscious of its purpose before we begin the prayer at all. It's designed to remind us of reality. It's designed to help us remember that the Almighty is creating each moment exactly as it should be, perfectly designed to help you come to know him. In that way, the prayer is a momentary glimpse of paradise and reorients the heart to its primordial home after the world has tried so hard to pull it in multiple inappropriate directions. The prayer is a return to reality, and in that way it is shifa, it is healing. It's a means by which we come to understand the reality of our existence and change what we see in the world around us. So, practically, first, what should we do? Usually, when we make our prayer, we have to perform the ablution. And the beginning point of the prayer is long before the first takbir, the first Allahu Akbar. It begins with the ablution, with wudu. And we must perform that with consciousness and with tranquility. We must symbolically purify our physical form from the marks left by our heedlessness and by our forgetfulness of the beauty that surrounds us in every moment. Now, ablution is a deeply tactile experience. And it's perfectly designed by the Almighty to awaken the limbs from their slumber, ensuring consciousness and presence in the build-up to the prayer. The prayer begins with ablution. The prayer begins with wudu. 
Uh, Imam Ghazali suggested, may Allah be well pleased with him, suggested that there's greater reward for the person who makes ablution in cold water in the winter, ostensibly as a form of sacrifice and enduring hardship. But if we look a little bit deeper into that statement, perhaps the benefit of making wudu with cold water is because it ensures that the entire physical form is rudely awakened from its slumber, from its spiritual slumber, and it's then ready to approach the divine presence. When you make ablution, when you make wudu, you must direct your attention to each limb as you wash it. Don't be deceived into believing that the ablution is a routine action. Don't quickly make wudu and slap the water all over you, obviously when it's possible. Wudu is a sacred ritual. It's a ritual that has the potency to entirely silence the mind and channel all of one's energy towards the forthcoming divine encounter. If you uh, feel jaded by worldly events, if you feel like you've got a lot going on inside of your mind before you're scheduled to prayer, then even if you haven't lost wudu in the um, jurisprudential sense, in the legal sense, make it anyway. There is always benefit in making wudu and by channeling all of your energy and all of your attention to each limb as you wash it, you silence the mind and you prepare yourself to engage um, with this blessed encounter with the divine. Now, I've just been entrusted with uh, a baby, so I have my son on my shoulder. So if there are any unexpected sounds, then I can only assure you and promise you that I didn't make them. Um, one of my teachers, uh, Sheikh Babikr, in London, um, informed us that when we raise our hands at the first takbir, which marks the beginning of the prayer, we place the weight of the universe, our fears, um, the products of our inaccurate perception on the back of our hands, and then raising them up to our ears or to our shoulders, depending upon um, the hand position, and proclaiming Allahu Akbar, we fling, we throw these concerns and these fears behind us and then focus all of our attention and all of our energy upon the divine. When you pray, be still inside. Silence your mind. Silence your thoughts, your fears, your anxieties, uh, your appointments later in the day. Silence your phone. That's very important because the ritual prayer is an art form and in English we use the verb to perform when describing the act of the ritual prayer. Hence, the prayer requires practice. Uh, each movement must be performed consciously with total presence and feeling each and every part of the body, moving in a measured manner, focusing intensely on each movement and performing each movement with a reverence and with conscious presence. Now, recently in a circle of dhikr that I attended, I experienced an image appear inside of me. Um, this image of a serene, still lake at dawn um, amidst the mountains, you know, with, with fog rising off of the lake. It's a bit like uh, the photos that appear on my Facebook feed of um, mountainous areas of Pakistan or, or somewhere in Scotland in the middle of the winter. Now, this serenity, this stillness, I believe, is the inner condition associated with the ritual prayer. And that is contrasted with the kind of white water rapids that represent our normative inner condition. The prayer demands total and inner silence. Um, so when we stand to prayer, we must try to expel the thoughts and concerns that we have and replace them with stillness. 
much like when the Holy Prophet, may the peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, advised, advised us that uh, the ritual prayer is a process of emptying out that which is inside of us. Do not rush when you pray. Take your time and permit your soul the opportunity to still the chattering mind. Um, if you do find yourself thinking about worldly matters, don't go bonkers, don't go mad, don't become frustrated. Just return yourself again to the divine presence in a peaceful manner. And know that according to the Holy Prophet Muhammad, may the peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, the closest position to the divine is when you are in prostration. And it is there in prostration that one can release one's fears and one's desires, one's concerns, one's troubles. Um, according to the, the jurisprudence, the, the fuqaha, the Islamic legal scholars, it is permissible for one whose first language is not Arabic to supplicate in their mother tongue if they cannot express the sentiment that they wish in the Arabic language. So if you don't speak Arabic, then you can make a supplication in your mother tongue um, in, the, in the prostration during the prayer. And this is considered to be acceptable. So extend the prostration when you have the opportunity. Talk to your Lord, converse with your Lord, confide your fears in your Lord. And Allah Almighty will send stillness and sakina down upon your heart. Um, that will suffice us for now, because I feel this young man on my shoulder um, may start to cry soon. So the advice is practice your prayer, um, work on your inner condition and work on your presence during the prayer. Now, beyond the obligatory five, our path emphasizes quality over quantity. The Holy Prophet, may the peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, informed us that should a man perform two units of prayer with total serenity and presence, all of his past sins would be forgiven immediately. And that is the power of a conscious prayer. Hence, we focus upon practicing and performing conscious, meaningful, transformative and stilling prayers rather than just racking up the numbers of units, trying to do as much as possible. We, as I said, we focus upon quality over quantity above the, the five daily prayers. This week, as you pray, attempt to, to focus and channel all of your energy into the prayer. Attempt to um, cherish the stillness that the prayer can bring and experience the benefits of the ritual prayer as it transforms the manner in which you perceive your life and the events that take place this week. Uh, may he bless all of us and all of those who listen to this discourse, wherever you may be. Uh, may he grant you transformative prayers and may he grant you clear vision and may he grant you a pure heart and may all who have a need have it swiftly fulfilled and may his mercy descend upon our families and in particular our children and please say a, a prayer for my daughter and my son as well inshallah and my good lady wife let's not forget her and may the peace and serenity which is a product of islam descend upon all of your homes and grant you the very best of this world and the hereafter, inshallah. May he, subhanahu wa ta'ala, bless our teacher and guide, Sheikh Ibrahim, and grant him long life and spread his benefit and his teachings. And may he, subhanahu wa ta'ala, keep us under the spiritual protection of Mawlana Sheikh Nazim al-Haqqani wa-Rabbani qadda sirrahu. Inna Allah wa malaikatahu yusalluna ala nabi Ya ayyu al-ladhina amanu sallu alayhi wa sallimu taslima Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammadin Abdika wa Rasulik Al-Nabiya al-Ummi Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallim Wa alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin Assalamu alaikum